0: Welcome to Films from the Phantom Zone, your podcast about failed and forgotten comic book movies, where we would usually talk about a... What do I usually say? We would usually talk about a failed
1: or forgotten comic book movie? Is that what you say on these episodes? Oh my god. Holy shit.
0: Uh, Where we'd usually be discussing uh, an old movie, but today we are doing a review. Berto, what review are we doing? Eternals. Marvel Studios Eternals just came out in theaters not on Disney Plus, not streaming. All movies are going back to theaters pretty much. Yeah. Time codes in the description as usual, but for reviews what we usually do is we talk a little bit about like the background of the either the movie or the comics, then we get into a non-spoiler review so we don't spoil anything. We just kind of talk about like our normal like our our thoughts without, you know, really getting into any of the details. And then at the end We'll do the spoilers. So if you haven't seen the movie yet, that's fine. You can stick around, and then we'll let you know when we're going to start spoiling We'll it. warn you. Yeah. So in case you're stumbling upon this, you don't know if you're going to see this movie because it's been pretty like divisive on the internet and on like, yeah. Rotten Tomatoes and whatever. You, yeah, we'll, we'll let you know when we start spoiling things. So for the background of these characters, honestly, there's really not that much to Eternals. It hasn't been like there's not that many issues of it. No, they're
1: like like D tier characters in the Marvel universe. They're barely there. People don't
0: know who they are. Yeah. So uh, (laughs) it created it by Jack Kirby in 1976 after returning to Marvel. Did you know that Jack Kirby left Marvel at one point? I didn't know he left. So he's he was in Marvel from the beginning. You know, him and Joe Simon wrote Captain America. For fuck's sake, we talked about that in our Captain America episodes. And then works with Stan Lee for a long time. Sometime in the in the early uh seventies, Stan Lee creates the Marvel method. Did you ever hear about this of writing comics? No. So Stan Lee's name was on so many comics that he was basically writing for all of these that he just couldn't keep up and it was too much work or whatever. So he came up with a new idea where he would come up with the overall story, kind of the beginning and the end. And be okay. like Characters start here, they end here, because here's our overarching, you know, story. Okay. Sends that to the artist, right? Then the artist could just draw whatever they wanted, basically. (laughs) And they're kind of coming up with the story through their artwork. Then send that back to Stan Lee, and then Stan Lee would fill in the dialogue based on where the art took it. That's an interesting way to do it. So what happened was a couple things. For one, like... The comics became very visually engaging instead of just having, like, like whole pages of dialogue for, like, on and on and on or whatever. But at the same time, it also became a lot of, like, the characters describing what they're doing at the time a lot. Yeah. Like, I'm going to use this power, which does this on you. And it's like, well I'm going to block it with this power because of this I'm thing. I'm sure there
1: was some new powers that were suddenly invented, too, because uh, of this.
0: Right. <laughs> but, but also, like, they got the artist more involved in the storytelling, yeah. and it put a lot more pressure on the artist, but the artists weren't necessarily, like, credited anymore. Right, and <laughs> at that point, the artist is basically the storyteller. Yeah, <laughs> at least for a lot of, like, yeah. like, the plotting. You know, they're basically kind of coming up with what's going on in, be- in between like the beginning and the end of each issue, right? Mm-hmm. So, Jack Kirby leaves around this time, again, for these reasons. Like, he's not really getting as much credit as he was. He has to do a lot more work. Uh, Marvel keeps on just kind of putting Stan Lee in front of everything. Like, he's he's our man. <laughs> he does it all, right? And he goes to write for DC. With DC, he creates, like, the fourth world and the new gods, which is all, like, all of, like, the background of Darkseid and his okay. family, Granny Goodness and all these people, right? A few years after that, so he's only there for, like, four or five years, comes back to Marvel and just makes Marvel's version of the new gods, which is the Eternals. <laughs> and it was uh, short-lived. Yeah, just got cancelled very quickly, like a year and a half. Then like a decade later gets brought back, cancelled again. Then like a decade after that, Neil Gaiman got involved in like the early 2000s uh, okay. for like another short series. Um, Wasn't supposed to be like an ongoing thing. So it's really only existed in like four volumes. And then just now, it's back now in 2021, obviously because there's a new movie coming out. So obviously yeah. they want to like, you know, kind of ride those coattails.
1: Yeah. And these are like actually obscure characters like more so than even like guardians of the galaxy were yeah
0: so what's interesting is like two things for me on the one hand i'm glad like we're this deep into the mcu like the mcu has to pull deep into their archives now you know what i mean yeah it's definitely
1: giving us more um interesting character interesting plots and stuff like that to work with now
0: yeah and like not the usual roster of marvel characters You know, like, things that are pretty much brand new to everybody. Not just, like, brand new to, like, people who aren't into comics. Like, brand new to people who are into comics because there's only, like, a hundred issues of this comic book. (laughs) Yeah, I I didn't know anything about these guys. Yeah, same. So the other thing that would have been really fun is that there was going to be a New Gods movie. And so this happens a lot in, like... Hollywood one studio makes one movie another studio tries to compete right Yeah So when DC wants to make New Gods Marvel wants to make the Eternals <laughs> These are very similar concepts right Right And I thought it would have been so fun for those two movies to be coming out around the same time because it's kind of like again they're just the competition makes both better right
1: Yeah I saw an article recently that said that um the New Gods movie was canceled because of the Snyder cut
0: Well Did we talk about this when we were talking about Snyder I don't think so. I don't think so. Because this happened afterwards.
1: Yeah, this article or news came out like recently. This was,
0: I remember, I was really mad about it. It was like shortly after the Snyder Cut came out. So it might have been like April or May or whatever. The movie was by Ava DuVernay. Okay. She did that one movie for Disney. It's like a sci-fi. It's about a little girl. Is it based on a book? Yeah. The
1: something with time. Yeah, that one. Why the hell can I remember the name? I know exactly
0: what it is, but. It'll hit you in like five minutes. Yep. So uh, just screaming out. <laughs> so that movie, basically, like after the whole Zack Snyder thing, like it was kind of like on ice. And then right. the Snyder cut included Dark Side and Granny Goodness. And now people are like, oh, cool. This might carry into the New Guides movie. And they're like, nope, shut that down. <laughs> we don't want any of this. Uh, and it kind of sucks. one time, by the way. We're going, Thank you. <laughs> And so I was really sad that that got canceled because like, even if, again, we don't think we talked about this because we talked about the Snyder Cut and we talked about the theatrical Justice League in in two different episodes. Yeah. Those are in our back catalog if you're interested. But I think what kind of made me sad is like, just because you don't want to do the Snyderverse as depicted in this this movie, doesn't mean you can't make a different version of that movie. Like we had only seen Darkseid for like a minute of screen time. You could have still done whatever you wanted with him. Yep. You just had to make him look like that. And he looked great. So he, what's he the problem? He looked like Darkseid. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> he looked just like the comic. So I, I it's one of those things where it just, it just pisses me off because like that could have been a really good movie. Ray Porter, the voice of Darkseid, was attached to it. Like it was.
1: Uh, oh, shit. Like, and again, it could have... That could have been their way to connect it if they wanted to. Or that also could have been their way to distance themselves if they wanted to by using the same characters and changing some
0: Exactly. Shape. Exactly. There's no, there was no reason to cancel that, but uh, yeah. here we are. Thanks, DC. <laughs> Thanks, DC.
1: That's probably Warner Brothers. But... Yeah,
0: oh, sure. you right, right yeah, Warner Brothers. Also, both of them created by Jack Kirby. So okay. that would have been a really fun thing to have in theaters. So the Eternals, it's not directly tied into Thanos like New Gods is with Darkseid, but Thanos does have a little bit of background with the Eternals.
1: Yeah, he's, in, the, in the comics he's like half Eternal, half Deviant, which... Yeah, The Deviants are the Eternals, like, enemies in this movie. They're like their nemesis, yeah. yeah.
0: So, again, there's not much to the Eternals. So, like, you could really get into, like, the lore that they establish in just, you know, a few volumes. If you really wanted to. I just didn't really think it was, I mean, it was worth it. I think this it.
1: movie changes it up a bit to, to make it more in line with the MCU.
0: Yeah, and I think yeah. it works. But if you want to get into, because this movie has ten characters, right? Yeah. It has and, ten Eternals members. It's an ensemble cast. And for me, I was going in, I think my concern was like, how is this going to work with 10 people? Are we going to have enough time with them? Yeah. Yeah. And so,
1: some get more screen time than others, obviously. Sure. But
0: So I went ahead and made a list real quick, just so we can kind of go through them. All right. So we have Cersei, played by Gemma Chan. Her superpower, because all these, they're like imbued with a different power, which is kind of fun. Right. Also that like, they all have something different going on or whatever. Yeah. I got like a Justice League thing going on. Yeah. <laughs> um, she can change like any material she touches into whatever material she wants. Yeah. Icarus played by Richard Madden. He's basically a Superman. Yeah. He can fly. He's super strong. And he has laser vision. Hey, guys, it's time for a quick break and we will be back in a flash.
1: Did you know that you can change what you taste by what you hear? And I think Chloe Zhao, the director, actually said that. Um, yes, and I want to get into that. The Man of Steel iteration of Superman was actually the inspiration for Icarus in this movie.
0: I think she kind of also said that as like an inspiration for the movie, because she said that she liked how it treated like, a mythology in that movie. Yeah. And so that was an inspiration, like, in general, not just for Which, Icarus, I think. That might be part of why critics didn't really like this movie. We're going to get to that. <laughs> uh, so that's Icarus. Then there's Kingo, played by Kumao Nanjiani. And also, by the way, some of these names sound familiar. All of these are characters that have some tied to a mythological character in real life.
1: Yes, and that's kind of part of their thing. Like, they've been on this planet for so long that they became, like, those characters from mythology. Yeah. Like, humans are, like, telling it, stories about Exactly. Them, or sprites telling stories about them.
0: Yeah, right. <laughs> so, Kingo, played by Kumau Nanjiani, he can shoot little, little things out of his fingers. It, he goes pew it, pew It kind of seems
1: like he makes, like, energy blasts with <laughs> yeah. his hands, and he can just kind of do shit with that.
0: Yeah. It was kind of fun to see him just kind of pew-pew-pewing, though, right? He He does, like, finger guns. <laughs> <laughs> Which is great. Yeah. Sprite. She's played by Leah McHugh. Sprite's the character that was gender swapped, right? There's a few oh, there's characters a few, right? that are gender yeah.
1: swapped, but Sprite is one of them.
0: So would have been a little boy in the comic book. Also, like they're all just like white dudes in the comic. So yeah, fuck it. Well, it like, was what, the seventies, sixties? Yeah. Like I I saw like I saw a picture <laughs> of the comic and then it's like, oh, cool. And they're all like generic
1: looking white They dudes. all look
0: identical. So like yeah. again, how are you gonna tell ten people apart? <laughs> like like Give him some better attributes. I know people are like, oh,
1: don't do diversity for the sake of diversity. No, like it kind of needed to be done for this cast. But when you say that. And it works
0: better. No, hold on. But when you say like diversity for the sake of diversity, it's like making Superman Asian. You know what I'm saying? Like someone's going to say, well, what's the point when he's like supposed to be like a Kansas boy? First of all, he's an alien. But you know what I mean? right but he he is also but like these kansas, are mr kansas sure but these are all characters that no one fucking knows that's true so it's almost kind of like no do it for diversity's yeah. sake for oh. a million reasons one they're supposed to like inspire like mythological beings from all over the world first of all which is not all white people yeah yeah so it kind of makes perfect sense that like you know for whatever reason kingo looks indian right and so where does he decide to spend most of his time in india that makes perfect sense anyway so sprite she is like 13 looking and she's the actress
1: was like actually 14
0: yeah she was just (laughs) kind of like built that way and so she's perpetually like a kid even though she's like you know thousands of years old yeah and she i already forgot what her superpower is oh she she... can like create illusions yeah yeah fastos played by brian tyree henry i love this guy by the way i thought he was awesome he was great (laughs) He mostly comes up with inventions.
1: His powers seem to be like imbued with like technology, too. Like, he can, seems like he can manipulate technology.
0: Maybe, yeah. It's kind of hard to tell, but like, by a certain part in the movie, like, he's fighting. Yeah. You know what I mean? And he's he's using stuff that he built. Yeah, yeah. exactly. But that's kind of his superpowers. He's kind of the alien engineer, right? Yeah. Makarai, played by Lauren Ridloff. She's a speedster. Yes. So your classic... I think this
1: was a gender-swapped character as well.
0: Okay, that makes sense. She's your classic Flash, Quicksilver. Yeah. Pretty much. <laughs> Interesting twist they added on her, though. She's deaf-mute in this movie. Yes. And played by a deaf actress. Is she really? Yeah. I didn't know that. <laughs> no, she, she is. Oh, wow. <laughs> that's that's news for me. Uh, Druig, played by Barry Kogan. He can, he can like, read minds and, like control people seems to be like the most powerful one by the way (laughs) like a a telepath basically yeah Yeah. gilgamesh played by don lee uh he's just
1: stupid strong
0: yeah he's just really strong he's (laughs) kind of like your hulk kind of character where he's pretty much endure anything he can punch real hard he's a
1: great cook
0: Uh, (laughs) he does some cooking gilgamesh is from it's like an ancient sumerian like legend text or something yeah
1: the name's super familiar to me i am not super familiar with that legend yeah but i've heard it
0: ajak played by salma hayek that was another gender swap i think
1: i think pretty much all the women except like
0: one (laughs) this next one (laughs) And, and maybe the first one maybe um cersei maybe so Ajay, played by Sami Hayek, she has healing powers. She's very kind of like in tune with nature.
1: Yeah, and she is very much like kind of like the mother role for this. Yeah, entire family. It's also the
0: leader. Yeah, so chosen in, by right.
1: the celestial. I'll remember it when I
0: hear it. We'll get to it because I'm gonna. I'm There's gonna, a lot gonna of gonna names gonna, yeah. in this movie. Athena, played by Angelina Jolie, so that is supposed to be representative of Athena. The Greek goddess. Goddess of war.
1: war. And she's exactly what you'd expect. She's a powerful warrior. She's got futuristic weapons that she fights with. It's like a spear. They all do. A spear that just kind of extends out of her...
0: Yeah, but she also uses like... I think I think at one point she throws a, a spear, but then also uses like a sword. All right, that's all 10 of them. The other, I think, notable cast member is Dane Whitman, who's played by Kit Harrington. He's a great guy. Yeah, he's just kind of like a human he's just like a guy who's in the movie for a minute <laughs> he's a really <laughs> kind good <of> guy <laughs> cool uh those are the characters so let's just get into our no spoilers thoughts i think the first thing we should do though is address the elephant in the room <laughs> the um horrendous rotten Tomatoes score yeah it's weird because i think we should in case you don't know and i feel like you're, if you're listening to this you're pretty well in tune with what rotten tomatoes is but i feel like a lot of people don't really understand what it is do you know what i mean I think so, yeah. It's because what's, I think, important to understand about Rotten Tomatoes, it's an aggregate of a binary measure, right? It is the number of positive reviews over total reviews. So, percentage of positive reviews. And so, when a critic has to, like, submit their review to Rotten Tomatoes, and mostly these critics are, like, published, like, in a newspaper right. or a website or a blog or whatever. But when they submit it to Rotten Tomatoes, no matter how nuanced their review may be, they have to say if it's a positive or a negative. Right. So, like, you could have all kinds of opinions. And we've done this on this podcast where we're like, yeah, I mean, this movie is good in these ways, but it's bad in these ways. And we're kind of struggling on whether or not we liked it. You know what I mean? Right. But, like, on Rotten Tomatoes, we would have to decide if it's, like, it, a thumbs up. If we're positive or, or negative yeah, about exactly. it. Yeah, exactly. Like, thumbs up or thumbs down. That's all it cares about. And then it... Aggregates all
1: those numbers, right? So, a low percentage doesn't necessarily mean like, oh, this movie's terrible, stay away from it.
0: No, it means a large number of people gave it a negative review, yeah. So, and for whatever reason, so like that just means it's unpopular among critics, really. Yeah, like you could have a movie that is good, like what we would consider good because I mean, good and bad, it gets really weird, (laughs) but. Very subjective, I guess. Yeah. But you can we can have a movie that you would consider it's, it's pretty good, but because everyone agreed that, yeah, it's pretty good, but not quite, and I'm going to give it a negative review, it could have, like, a super low score. Also, the opposite is true. So you could have, like, a mediocre movie that everyone's like, yeah, it's fine. It's fine. So it gets a positive it's review. what happened with Venom. Okay, so that was what I was going to bring up. <laughs> <laughs> Venom versus The Eternals, Right. I think Eternals is way better. I think Eternals, and yeah, we're going to get to our thoughts. In so many ways. I think it's better in almost every single way. But it, obviously, when you when you write, put them up together on Rotten Tomatoes, Eternals is, has like a 40-something right now. And yeah. Venom is like high 60s. So, I mean, they're close in score, but they look. That's insane. You know, like on a grade scale, you're like, well, that's an F. And this is a, a D or a C. <laughs> so, I mean, I guess it's not that much better. But, <laughs> but the interesting thing is also the audience score. I
1: believe the audience score for Eternals, last I looked, was in the eighties. Yeah,
0: it's pretty high, but like a lot of times I don't I don't stress out about the audience scores because then you get like bots and true people you, review you bombing
1: and all this shit. Apparently, they have new measures like to prevent that to, from happening. Yeah, like I guess in some way you like you prove that you watched the movie. Do you like scan a ticket or something?
0: I don't know how the hell they do that. I mean, maybe <laughs> I have no. I don't know. Like I know for like uh, Amazon, like. The way they know you bought it is because you they know you the bought website. it. Yeah. So, like, I don't know what's Rotten Tomatoes, but uh, it gets weird. Yeah. But something else I noticed is that, like, a movie that executes on what it sets out to be, despite being, like, what we would say is, like, good or bad, mm-hmm. is going to be met more positively. So, I think that's kind of what happens with Venom. Like, Venom never pretended to be, like, this Oscar contender. You know. No. It was,
1: like, it was always going to be, like, oh, hey, it's more of the same of the first movie.
0: It's Venom and Carnage. They're going to beat each other up for an hour and a half. Take it or leave it. About on par with Transformers. You know what I mean? (laughs) Because it's short and because you don't have to sit through a whole lot of it. And because it has some fun moments in it. You don't really
1: have to invest anything in it either. Yeah,
0: and we talked about that movie. We did a review for it. You know, parts of it can be enjoyable, even though overall it's a bad movie, we agreed. Reviewers are going to see that and go, well, that's what I was promised. It delivered on its promise. Positive review. Slap that on. Right. And if enough of those critics share that same thought... Then that score can get pretty high and people are going to see it and be like, oh, it must be a great movie. I mean, not necessarily like they may have liked it because it delivered on what it promised. You know what I mean? Yeah. And for this movie, it kind of promised to be like a new kind of MCU movie, right? Like break the formula. In and, and marketing Do and something stuff, different. Yeah. yeah. And it does do that. It does. But it's, it's, what I'm saying is I feel like it's, it's put, trying to put itself in a different league of film. Like, it's not trying to be a Marvel movie. It's trying to be like kind of this epic drama. There's a lot
1: of it that feels like a DC movie.
0: Yes. (laughs) I want to get into that. And I think once it's in that realm, it's like, you know, if you're playing Little League ball and, you know, you hit the ball, people are going to stand up and and cheer for you. Right? Like, if you're a kid, if you do that shit in the pros, they're going to be like, you're dumb. You're bad. Get out of here. They're going to boo you out. So it kind of depends. Your performance depends on the league that you're in. Yeah. right and i think by eternal's trying to be a different kind of movie trying to be like this big take me seriously movie reviewers are like no slow your roll that makes sense yeah i've noticed
1: a lot of times when like a movie usually like a franchise movie and this kind of falls along with what you're saying when um expectations are subverted a little bit critics seem to not really like that i think it depends sometimes despite they do, yeah despite most of the time complaining that things are the same and they want their expectations subverted right yeah. So it's like, what, what do you actually want? <laughs> exactly. Last Jedi comes to mind.
0: <laughs> yeah, sure. Well, Last Jedi had really good reviews.
1: <laughs> it did. That was the opposite. It was the audience that yeah. was audience really divisive about that one. Yeah. yeah. But it's like, yeah, do you want something different or not?
0: Yeah, seriously. Like, what do you want? <laughs> the other thing about, like, that score is kind of like, I think it's putting a lot of pressure on filmmakers to deliver something like like very um safe yeah safe malleable something tasty for everybody so venom. And, uh, i guess <laughs> like well, yeah and venom made a lot of money too so it's like what president is venom gonna set for like <sighs> movie making you know this kind of filmmaking like right superhero stuff i don't know if i like that and uh, rotten tomatoes used to be like a not well-known thing like 10 years ago and now it's like everyone what's the rotten tomato score like we yeah. got this on Rotten Tomatoes. Like, oh, people are on the fence. Some
1: streaming services will tell you what the Rotten
0: Tomatoes score is right next to the movie. Yeah. They'll put it on the DVD box now, too. They'll put a little sticker as, like, Certified Fresh. Oh, so man. yeah. Again, I think it's a kind of a dangerous precedent to just look at that score and be like, cool. Like, treat that as, like, the Word of God. You know what I mean? Yeah. You read some reviews. See what people are saying. Because I'll, I'll go in there and read some reviews. And someone says, like, a bunch of good things. And then give it a negative review. Because, again, like, they're on the fence. Right. And it's a nuanced review. Like, they've got some good things to say and some bad things to say. But overall, they were like, uh, eh, leaning towards bad. And then vice versa. So, just, I don't know. Read, read the reviews, I guess. <laughs> like, read an entire review. Yeah. Or just go see the movie. Or just listen to us. Do that. <laughs> yeah, we're, we're the word of God. Yeah, sure. <laughs> so, overall thoughts. We're in non-spoilers. Our opinions. We've talked I about Rotten Tomatoes. Liked, I liked it a lot. Yeah?
1: I. It's weird, though, because, like... I wouldn't call it, like, a fun movie. Like, it's not like, a, oh, a fun ride. It's long, oh, yeah. it's slower paced, it's yeah. very much a character-driven story. It's almost like um, like a family drama, but on, like, a really grand scale. Mm-hmm. But I did enjoy it a lot, and I really do want to see it again.
0: I definitely want to see it again, because I feel like I missed some stuff. It's really dense. Like, there's a lot of uh, exposition. There is. I think it's a good kind of dense. Kind of like Lord of the Rings. Yeah. You know?
1: Because there's a lot of lore and yeah, a bit of world building in this too.
0: Yeah. I'm not going to say this is the Lord of the Rings of the Marvel Cinematic no. Universe. But it's, it's, it's closer. Similar. It's closer to it. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, I really, really like this movie. I was not bored. Like, no. I feel like. I was engaged the whole time. I was time. very engaged. I was riveted. I was really into it. I was expecting something different than the MCU in a good way. And a lot of people are throwing that word around like, oh, it's different. It's different. That can mean a lot of things and that can be interpreted as like a bad thing. But Marvel has a formula. If you don't see that, it's kind of like it's good and it's bad. Mm -hmm. Right. And it might be one of the reasons I really didn't love Shang-Chi. Like I liked it a lot, but I was kind of like, I feel like it seemed like it was going to do a lot. And then kind of, like, stayed within the safe Marvel formula. It was
1: an MCU origin story, so.
0: Well, I mean, (laughs) that's the thing. I was kind of, like, hoping for something different. Same thing happened with Black Panther. I thought Black Panther
1: was kind of boring.
0: When, yeah, when they got Ryan Coogler, I was like, oh, they went and got, like, a real guy. They got, like, a good director. He's going to do something different. We're not going to get the same Marvel stuff. There is some of that in that movie. Mm. But for the most part, it's a super safe plot. It's a super safe story. Yeah. And by the end, it's just kind of, like, CGI punch him up, right? Mm -hmm. And I'm like, okay, cool. It's fine. It's good. But I wanted so much more. Right. You know, and I think here Chloe Zhao just won an Academy Award for Best Director. Apparently she had a lot of freedom for
1: this movie, too.
0: Yeah. This might be one of the higher pedigree directors that they got in that kind of sense. (laughs) Yeah, I mean, mean, that's not to like say anything about everybody else. Like, they're all they're all mostly really good. The Russos are great. Russos are great. They also kind of found the Russos doing Community. Yeah, (laughs) they made the Russos basically, (laughs) Uh, and obviously John John Favreau. But like, yeah, you know, they they went and got someone who was going to do more of an artistic take.
1: Yes, and and not in a Kenneth Branagh kind of way. No,
0: no, no, more of a Terrence
1: Malick sort of
0: way. (laughs) Because when I watched this movie, I thought this is MCU as told by. Kenneth, not Kenneth Brown, fuck, <laughs> Terrence Malick. I still buy, like, Terrence Malick and, like, Zack Snyder. That's what I saw when I saw this movie. And when, to your point, when she went and said, oh, yeah, my inspirations were, like, Tree of Life and, like, Man of Steel. <laughs> Man I'm of like, Steel. I see that 100%.
1: And I still think Man of Steel might be one of my favorite DCU movies, just the way it is. And I was cold to it when it came out, but I warmed up to it eventually.
0: Yeah. Like on our re- rewatch? Yeah. We did an it, was, on it was it. different. <laughs> Let me take a moment to plug uh we did a Man of Steel episode <laughs> with my good buddy Chris. That's up also. So check that out. But this does feel like, because you said it feels like a DC movie almost. In um, ways, yeah. Because it, it feels like it's outside of the formula. If you told me, it like if it didn't have any of the Marvel connections, like... You know, they mentioned Thanos. It's in the trailer. They They mentioned Thanos. Doctor Strange. Yeah, there's a couple, like, very loose ties or whatever. But but this is very clearly in that world. The blip
1: is mentioned a few times. If
0: you didn't tell me any of that, I wouldn't have known this was in the Marvel Universe. Right. You know what I mean? Because it doesn't look like a Marvel movie. It doesn't feel like a Marvel movie in, like, a good way. Right. But again, to your point, does that subvert the expectations of the viewers? Like, are they expecting a certain Marvel charm and fun and, like, gleefulness that this movie isn't trying to do. I think most
1: people going into the theater were expecting that. Yeah. Especially with how, like, the marketing is. If you, I don't know if you've seen any, like, the TV spots or the Instagram ads, but it no. kind of advertises it as just another Marvel movie.
0: Well, that's dumb. They be- throw the
1: jokes in there.
0: Uh, well, that's dumb because the trailer didn't. No, the trailer was
1: very, like, artistic, and, dramatic.
0: And, like, earnest to what this is. Yeah yeah
1: but you know marketing's gonna market
0: (laughs) that is true (laughs) the other thing is like i feel like the mcu has succeeded largely to to like they take a like the superhero popcorn flick format and they've injected it with really good human characters and really good human moments you know from iron man to like captain america to like All these movies. Oh, yeah. That's what separates, I think, an MCU movie from, like, Venom. That, like, you don't really feel for these characters. You don't feel like they're real people. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. And if you want to talk about uh, human moments, I want to talk about the Guardians of the Galaxy
1: movies because those (laughs) movies do it perfectly.
0: And that's a good point because it's the most ridiculous of the characters, right? Yep. And, And, And I care about all of them. Yeah. They feel like real people. Yep. The tree feels like a real person.
1: And watching them, it feels like watching a family. Dysfunctional family, but
0: a family. And I did get a little bit of that from this movie. Absolutely. And whereas I feel that this is different in that this feels like a regular movie. As in like, you know, the movies that get nominated for shit. Like, not a genre movie. Like a regular movie, basically. It feels like one of those. Like, this is a film. Yeah, exactly. This is (laughs) cinema. One of those injected with the superhero elements afterwards. You know? Yeah. Like, it almost feels like this was a movie, like, just a regular movie about a family on a road trip or something. And they're like, okay, cool, but let's rewrite some of these characters. So, one's fucking Athena, and the other one's, like, Icarus, and they get to fight. You yeah. know what I'm saying? Like, that. It, that's... It almost feels like that was how it evolved.
1: Yeah. I hate to put the term like this, but this one, out of all the... Actually, out of pretty much any superhero movie, or comic book movie in general, this one seems the most...
0: Oscar Beatty? Yep, I wrote that down. <laughs> I, I totally feel that.
1: <laughs> I guess besides Joker. Yeah, but fuck that movie. I hate that movie. Oh, I hate
0: that movie so much. One day we're going to talk about how much we hate that movie. <laughs> so I do feel that it's kind of more adult in a bunch of ways. Yeah. You know, for one, it's not a plot centric film. And I think that is part of the divisiveness. I think a lot of people, and by them I mean simpletons, <laughs> <laughs> Like, most of this plot is just moving the current roster to find another member. Because it's kind of this broken family. They're all kind of getting back together. Getting the band back together. Get the band back together. Again, I'm not trying to sound pretentious by saying, like, oh, that's boring to some people. But, like, it's boring to some people. Like, I tweeted, (laughs) like, pacing problems doesn't mean it's not paced for your six-second attention span. You know what I mean? Like, just because there's not an explosion every other scene doesn't mean that this has pacing problems i think this movie is very well edited i sat through all two hours and 40 minutes or whatever and i thought it was fantastic yeah and it's also like not within a format of a normal superhero movie because there's no real villain to speak of you know and i don't think that's a spoiler because they didn't show a villain other than the deviants
1: yeah like there's not like a main
0: villain but like this movie doesn't have to you know introduce a villain and then be like they need their screen time so they seem compelling. Right. And then they're going to meet in the second act. And then it's not going to go well for the good guys. And then they're going to meet again in the third act. And the good guys are going to beat no. them. It doesn't have that to it. No. It's mostly a, a story about a family. Yep.
1: And like, they just happen to be trying to stop a catastrophe from happening.
0: Sure. <laughs> it's almost like a man versus nature thing. Yeah. Instead of like man versus man. And I think it works. Yeah. So other things I really like. Cinematography is beautiful. I love that. This is
1: one of the prettiest movies I've seen in a very long time. Yeah,
0: for sure. I love that, you know, Marvel is going in that direction because Marvel has had some very pretty moments in a lot of their movies. You know, the Russos put together a lot of really good looking movies. But for the most part, like what moves a Marvel movie has been like the characters and the plot. And if they can sneak in some pretty kind of imagery in there, They will, but not at the expense of, like, slowing the story down. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Whereas I feel this movie really kind of put the cinematography as a higher priority. Yeah. And I also really like the music. I thought the score was really good. The score was wonderful. And it was very present. It wasn't, like, playing second to, like, the action, which is what the complaint for some Marvel scores have been. Mostly, like, phase, like, one and
1: parts of phase two. The music's gotten way better since then sure. all MCU movies, but... Yeah, I know what you're saying.
0: Yeah. I don't know. What else can we talk about before we move on to spoilers? Um Who's your favorite character? <laughs> my favorite character, uh, It might be Kingo. I love Kingo. Kingo is great. cool. He's also played by like a very charismatic like uh comedian, you know. Yeah. And Dane Whitman.
1: <laughs> Why? <laughs> just I don't know, like the
0: He's just like an everyman. He, he was
1: really charming. <laughs> okay, sure. Like that part where he like he's running to go help and he tries to like jump over the barriers like, "Oh, nope, can't do that." Just a regular guy. Oh okay, yeah, he's just he's just <laughs> one of us. <laughs> oh, it
0: reminded me a little bit of Dan from Venom. I do I do like <laughs> Dan from Venom. That's maybe one of my favorite parts he of the movie. He was movies. one of the highlights uh, of that. He's just one of us. Yeah, he's just a guy. Well, yeah, spoiler-free, that might be all I have. Yeah, pretty much. Again, I think it's a really good movie. It makes me think a lot about, like, Guardians of the Galaxy and Iron Man 3 and, like, Ant-Man in ways that, like, that was when the MCU was trying different things out. See, like, they are trying to, like, yeah. stretch out the boundaries of, like, how far can we push the MCU? And Winter Soldier still Sure. Yeah, okay. Yeah. yeah. It was kind of like, you know, can we make... funny heist movie or can we make this like a like a buddy cop movie with iron man like how far can we push the genre
1: can we do like a political thriller slash espionage movie
0: yeah and now those things seem quaint compared to the eternals yeah this was kind of like again can we push the boundaries even further out can we make like nomadland mcu movie (laughs) you know what i mean (laughs) with these characters like how far can we go i'm interested in seeing like If this is that similar kind of experiment, what does this mean for, like, the future? You know what I mean? Yeah. Because despite the reviews, I think Marvel's really kind of standing by this. I think they... I mean, I don't know. I hope so. But I I feel like Kevin Feige is not the reactionary type. No. And I like the direction that this
1: movie is potentially taking the MCU and that they're going to try different things. Absolutely. You know, we're going to venture out a little bit more.
0: That's definitely what I want to see. I want to see do something different. I
1: definitely want to see some of these characters return, too.
0: Oh, yeah. I'm really excited for an Eternals 2. Yeah. Like, I would love to see an Eternals 2 that does a lot of, like, Thanos prequel stuff. That'd be interesting. Like flashbacks or maybe a... a, Maybe we see Life on Titan. Yeah. A section of it, like, set back then. Because I think Thanos had his run. (laughs) You know, he had that first whole, like, part of the MCU. But I I would love to see, you know, now that we're getting into characters around him, like, more of that. We can still,
1: like, do some callbacks. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah.
0: For sure. So um, yeah, I think that's pretty much it for me without spoiling the movie. Uh, Should we move on to spoilers? Yeah. Let's do it. So spoilers, the twist. There's a twist. Basically, the good guys are the bad guys and the bad guys, are they good? Like it's nuanced, right? (laughs) Yeah.
1: (laughs) So the Eternals find out that their purpose is basically, yeah, they're protecting humanity, but only so that They can become populated enough and advanced enough to provide energy to create a new Celestial.
0: Yeah. They're breeding a Celestial.
1: And how is a Celestial born? Well, they come out of the planet like an egg. Yep.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. There is a lot going on, again, with the lore of this. Yeah. It opens on a crawl, too. Yeah. Which... It took me by such surprise that I, like, put my drink down. I was like, fuck, like, I gotta, like, prepare my body for reading. Like, I wasn't prepared for this, you know? It reminded me of when I saw Rogue One, which was the first movie in Star Wars that wasn't, like, a Star Wars episode.
1: Yeah, and it didn't have an opening crawl.
0: So, like, when it didn't have an opening crawl... I remember we were talking about this, I'm like, is there gonna be an opening crawl? And we're like we don't know this is like a new thing
1: and it was like jarring because it just starts
0: it just said Star Wars and then it just started and then the scene and my buddy hit me and I'm like (laughs) what and he's like there's no crawl I'm like I see that (laughs) so this had the same exact effect but inverse right yeah I didn't know I had to read, and luckily, a lot of that information I kind of already knew going in, because I I did some minor research. Okay. But, like, it just, I don't know, it, it took me by surprise. And,
1: and the crawl basically, like, sets the scene. It talks about, like, you know, yeah. hey, you know, the Eternals came from this place. Their enemies are the deviants. It's very okay. simple. And you actually find out later in the movie that some of that information is false.
0: <laughs> what specifically? Because I remember seeing one thing, I'm like, it confused me the whole fucking movie.
1: Uh, well, uh, it says that they're from some planet. They're not from a planet at all.
0: That's what they think, though. Yeah,
1: that's what they, oh, okay. they think that they are. Okay, gotcha, gotcha. Which gotcha. makes me think that maybe the crawl was like, you know, from the point of view of an Eternal.
0: Did the crawl say that Ajax betrayed them? No. Okay, here's what happened. Again, I was a little... I don't think so. Uh, like, I was emotional that this was happening because I'm a little scared because I'm like, oh shit, I gotta read. Oh, this so, is different. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I'm like, oh my god, <laughs> what are the implications? So I skimmed it real quick. And then at the end, the third paragraph mentioned Ajax. And I could have sworn it said betrayed them.
1: I think it just said that Ajax was leading their mission. Okay.
0: Well, I, I was. I got to ner- watch the movie again. I though. was nervous. Because that crawl actually went by pretty quickly, <laughs> yeah. too. I was nervous. I misread. Okay. This is what happens to me. Whenever there's text on screen, I get nervous that I won't read it in time before it disappears. <laughs> that you don't read it in time. That I don't. No, that I ended up reading. I like, I read it too fast and I'm like. Oh, there's plenty of time. Let me go back and redigest it. And then it's gone. It's a whole thing. Anyway, so I thought it said that they that she betrayed them. And I basically accidentally spoiled it for myself. Because the whole movie, I'm like, she does, she's not betraying them. She seems to be like their leader. And she never she, really... She, I guess she technically does. And then she... Right. She does, sort of. And then I'm like, oh. For the right reasons. Right. And then Icarus <laughs> is the one that really betrays them. Yes. But what's interesting about this... And again, there's no clear-cut villain... No, it kind of becomes like a little family feud. It's more of a family feud because by the end, they're just all like on different sides of this debate. Some of them are fighting for it. But then by the end, they kind of all forgive each other. As a functional family would. Right.
1: One of them kills themselves.
0: Yeah, Icarus just (laughs) flies right into the fucking sun. Um, uh, Which is poetic. Yeah, but what's funny about that is like, the story wasn't written around him after he flew into the sun. He's flying into the sun in present day. Which yeah. means he's just like, eh, might as well fulfill my destiny, right? And just go right into it. <laughs> well, he
1: was um very, very conflicted. Yeah. And that's
0: it was one of those things where fair, like he, he
1: was like sworn to this duty. We find out that he finds out the truth of like the Eternal's purpose way before the rest of them do, because Ajax tells him.
0: Well, like by like two years, yeah.
1: Like two thousand years.
0: No, I thought it it was was a couple years. It was whenever
1: they left Babylon.
0: Oh really? Yeah. No, Mexico. He said Babylon. They left Babylon way before Mexico was a few hundred years. Remember together? I think Mexico Mexico is
1: when they separated, but I think Babylon is when he was told about it.
0: No, because she was like, Oh, he left me I thought it was just a few hundred years or whatever. Ah, I have to see it again. Yeah. (laughs) The the
1: timeline's long, so
0: (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) But yeah, he
1: finds out basically their true purpose before everybody else and he's like lying to them all this time i guess he kind of puts himself into exile too because that's why he left cersei because they were romantic with well, each
0: other well, he leaves cersei well i think when he finds out i thought he goes to see Ajax and never goes back maybe so that was after mexico he left cersei we're gonna have to rewatch the movie because yeah. <laughs> it's implied
1: because he well he says because he couldn't hold in this lie
0: yeah so just to kind of like recap again it's hard i mean to it's hard right but i mean <laughs> hopefully you've seen the movie if you're listening to a spoil it yeah. but if you've sort of forgotten like we have the eternals are created by the celestials and we look up s- their names we've seen it's it, 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 Irishim, Irishim. Ir- the main one right Irishim is the main one the judge there's like 20 of celestials Which uh one's in the marvel one being comics tat tia to fucking shit bro did i not write this down tiamut 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 yeah The Celestials created well in this case fuck, what was the first one's name again? Irishem. Irishem? Irishem, I don't know. Look it up real quick. Okay. I'm looking. I'm looking. We'll find it. Erishem. Erishem. Okay. Yeah, it's basically what I said. (laughs) Erashem creates the celestials. They think that they're like sentient aliens, basically that just can't age. But really what they're closer to are robots. I guess like androids? Sure. Yeah. yeah at one point we see kind of like their little factory like yeah. hundreds of them like being molded and created and it's it's a little weird to see yeah when they need a new celestial they have to be born within a planet so they mm-hmm. they basically they plant a seed plant in a, planet. a seed or like plant an egg or whatever you want to call yeah. it they impregnate um, the planet <laughs> right and then that planet needs to develop in order to create the energy and the knowledge for the celestial to like be born, whatever. So they send in the deviants first to wipe out Uh, predators that were, yeah. Like dinosaurs. Yeah. So that humans can properly evolve like a, Mm and an an intelligent species can properly evolve. Then they send in the celestials to help that species evolve, AKA get rid of those fucking deviants. We don't need them anymore. Oh yeah. Sorry. Yeah. The the eternals. And I guess
1: the reason why they didn't need the deviants is because I guess the deviants kind of like went rogue. And started killing the humans.
0: Oh, is that it? Yeah, I thought they served their purpose already. So they're like, "Fuck no!" It.
1: They were they were like flawed.
0: Yeah. <laughs> so, Eternals are basically lied to about their purpose. Mm-hmm. After they finish with the demons, they're basically just kind of hanging out, stick around uh, until they'll... don't get involved. Wait for further instructions. Yep, for <laughs> thousands of years. Yeah, and so they're just kind of like bored, really. Like they're looking for purpose. They're looking for a reason to continue to exist. And I
1: like that you actually see that in some of the characters yeah. too.
0: Yeah, some of them, like... I mean, you look at Kingo. He might be the happiest one because he found a purpose. He's, like, a big-time actor and He's in Bollywood. He's biggest star in Bollywood. He's had a dynasty because he keeps pretending to be, like, a different family member. <laughs> Since it's, like, great-grandfather or whatever. And the ones that are kind of, like, lost are the ones that, like, don't have a purpose.
1: Like uh, Icarus. Yeah. And Sprite. Sprite.
0: Cersei's just kind of, like, living yeah. life. And I've read a lot about how, like, this is kind of a religious allegory. The Celestials being, like, God mm-hmm. created, like, angels and demons for the sake of, mm-hmm. like, helping humans. Like, the humans, we're, like, we're the children of God. The angels are nothing. <laughs> like They're tools they're, of God. Right, exactly. And so are the demons, basically. They're, yeah. like, fallen angels and shit. So they don't really have the same free will as we do. And they're really just here to, like... Help us, mm, which is a little sad. Yeah, a little. But you're not supposed since they're, to... they're kind of sentient. Yeah, <laughs> you're not supposed to feel for them, though. <laughs> the angels and the demons. <laughs> but that's kind of the the allegory that they're painting is that they're also kind of like looking for their purpose in a time when like God is no longer present. Basically, he's like, oh, I'm out. I'm out. Wait. Yeah, he's just, you just chill, and now the angels are like, What, How do, we what do? do we do? Like, do we hang out with like the mortals? Like. <laughs> But then there was also, I read uh, someone pointing out that, like, there's a lot of, like, seven of these uh, Eternals. Of course it's seven. Yeah. Um, (laughs) Can be seen to represent, like, a different mortal sin. Okay. So you have, like, a sloth, and you have a glutton, and you have an anger, and you have pride. Who's the sloth? I mean, it's a loose theory, but, like... (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Pride would be Icarus. Envy is definitely... Sprite. Sprite, who straight up says that she's envious of Cersei. And of um, humans. Yeah. <laughs> Athena could be anger. There's also a couple of biblical quotes in it. There's uh, in the beginning, uh, and then at the end, they say, the truth will set you free.
1: They do say that. Are we still in the twist?
0: <laughs> well, I think also the twist can also fit more into this whole kind of angels versus demon thing, where they're realizing that neither is good nor evil they just are and they yeah basically all deeply flawed in their own ways yeah they're all serving a purpose that they're just now learning about there's also that deviant who like becomes more and more sentient and then dies yeah that would affect i mean <laughs> i do wish that was touched on a little bit more if same. i had a complaint hey, about the movie it'd be that exactly same exact thing because he, he like he
1: started to become interesting and then he got yeah. killed off
0: did he die yeah oh Thina, okay. like killed his ass oh yeah i guess you're right <laughs> oh yeah she sliced him into like a million pieces yeah that was pretty cool but like still on the twist
1: it also brings us to like the third act which was like a battle between like icarus sprite and the rest of the eternals yeah except for kingo who's like hey you know i think icarus is right but i'm not gonna fight you guys over it and that was which a great point I
0: kind of respect yeah and i'm glad i saw a complaint was like oh king's not even in the, in the end of the movie yeah for a reason yeah he agrees with icarus but he also loves his family and does not want to fight them over right. it. So he just bows out.
1: I think he's just kind of like, whatever happens, happens. Yeah. And that's completely fair. It's fair because he believes what he yeah. was created to do. He exactly. believes in it.
0: It's hard to say like who's right and who's wrong. Yeah. Because, I mean, for a minute, I'm like, am I siding with... like Who am I siding with here? <laughs> because... They think, at least they're being told. I mean, they could be being lied to by the Celestials. True. But they're being told that they need to facilitate this. And yeah, it's going to come at a high price. But the Celestials create billions of worlds.
1: I kind of believe it based on the ending, though. Because when he says, like, all right, so you saved this planet. I'm going to go through your memories and judge the planet and see if they're worth saving.
0: Yeah. That's interesting. He didn't seem happy about it, but... (laughs) I really hope this kicks off into, like, some Fantastic Four stuff. That would be cool. Because at this point in the MCU... this seems like some Fantastic Four stuff. Oh, yeah. No, absolutely. (laughs) And I think at this point in the MCU, we don't need the Fantastic Four to be like this, you know, street-level, Earth-based superheroes. we got a million of those. Yeah. I want to see more of the cosmic stuff now.
1: And if we're bringing street-based heroes back in, like, start bringing back Daredevil and...
0: I thought you were going to say ghost, right? I was going to punch you. <laughs> He's not
1: street level. <laughs> He's more supernatural, which yeah. we will get to that while we're talking about this as well soon.
0: Sure. So uh, some other last thoughts, because we were talking about kind of the historic context, the mythological context. There are references to, obviously, the city of Babylon, uh, the myth of Gilgamesh, Enkidu. Um, apparently, it's alternate history stuff, but it's in there. Oh. Uh, apparently, it's related to the name of Tiamat, which is the new... Uh, the celestial that was... celestial. Aborted. <laughs> True. Um, there's obviously Athena related to Athena and yeah. Icarus. Ajax apparently is supposed to be Ajax the Great, okay. who is the mythological hero from Homer's Iliad. It's Ajax. Okay. Uh, what about
1: Fastos?
0: Hold on. <laughs> macari is referenced to Mercury. Because he's also the super fast messenger between the gods. Okay. Uh, Circe is Circe, uh, who's a Greek goddess. Fastos is supposed to be Hephaestus, the Greek god of craftsmen and artisans. That makes sense.
1: Yep. <laughs> Eros. Oh, we haven't talked about Eros yet.
0: Oh, oh, oh sure, 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 sure. <laughs> sorry, sorry, sorry. Yeah, but Eros, he's the Greek god of love and sex. He's the Greek equivalent of the Roman Cupid. Okay. Yeah, so uh, there's also references to Excalibur. Yep. Remember when... Oh, um... Thena... Was the Lady of the Lake
1: that King Arthur was obsessed with? And she also wields Excalibur. Oh, you think... You,
0: you think Thena was also Lady of the Lake?
1: Sprite mentioned something about, like, like Arthur was obsessed with you.
0: Oh, that's funny. Well, oh, okay, so here's what I'm reading now. She could be Morgan Le Fay or also um, Gu- maybe Guinevere also. Actually, yeah. Any of those three... It just fascinates. Women, me. she could be. It, it'd be so fun, you know, because we're getting like Peacemaker now, which is a spinoff TV show on HBO Max based on John Cena. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> but based <laughs> on uh, uh the Suicide Squad, right? Right. It'd be great if we got like Athena show on Disney Plus, just like six episodes. You think Angelina Jolie would be down for it? I don't know, probably not. But you know what <laughs> I'm saying, like, all right, some of these characters, but like, I spe- oh, well, Athena mostly because like. She seems to be more of the interesting characters throughout, like, history and mythology. Yeah. Like, episode one, she's Greek Athena, you know, the the goddess of war. And then episode two, she fucking goes and hangs out with, like, King Arthur. (laughs) (laughs) She's Guinevere, right? They (laughs) could do
1: something, like, the way they did, like, What If? Like, it's, like, just, like, Sprite telling these
0: stories. Because apparently throughout history, sprite was like the storyteller. Apparently, sprite's responsible for all of this making its way into like books and mythologies. Yeah. that's funny. And she
1: would use like her illusions to tell the story, which Kingo mentions was the reason why he wanted to do film.
0: Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> that's fun. The Ebony Blade, which they mention, and then you see later we see it in at the, the very end. That's also a comic tie to Merlin, but like the comic version of Merlin, I think. Okay. Um, then they also mention the Emerald Tablet. Which is an important archaeological relic and has had a long history of occultist interest, including an association with the Philosopher's Stone, like the real life Philosopher's Stone. By real life, I mean the real life mythological Philosopher's the Stone. The one
1: that Nicholas Flamel was trying to.
0: The real life Nicholas Flamel. The real yeah. life Nicholas Flamel, not the. <laughs> not the Harry Potter one, one yeah. <laughs> so, I mean, it's just like chock full of fun mythological references. I think that's also another kind of strength of the film.
1: Yeah, that it ties into so many of these things, and that if you get the references, it's actually pretty cool.
0: I mean, for a history nerd, they're probably just, like, full-on erection the whole movie.
1: (laughs) (laughs) The easiest one is probably the whole Icarus with the sun thing.
0: Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Icarus flew wax wings, flies too close to the sun. Nope. Because he's overly ambitious. That's the cautionary tale there.
1: Yeah, which he kind of was. Kind of, but not, I mean, yeah. But also, like, he honestly felt like he was doing his duty, Right. so... Did you want to talk about some of the um, relationships between the characters? Because there's some good ones.
0: Yeah. uh, You mean like Icarus and Cersei? Icarus and Cersei I thought was the the weakest one. one, But it's also the main one. But it's also they're supposed to be the most like volatile. You know, because a a lot of the plot is around their relationship. But I think by the time we're seeing
1: them in present day, it's like, you know, their relationship's already like done. Like there's still feelings there, but they're not, you know, together. But then we also have like... Gilgamesh and Thina, which were they romantic though? I don't know if they were romantic or if they were just like best, best, best friends. Cause I feel like it could go either way. There was definitely love there. Yeah. Now whether not, like, or not romantic, it was romantic yeah. love I did see it more as like friendship though. Uh huh. And then we got um Fastos and his husband. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Which sure. actually was one of the more touching scenes in the movie, I thought.
0: Yeah. It, this movie's good. The more I think about it, the more I like it. <laughs> because it's not plot moving but it is thematic moving like it does it does and it's character development these people are trying to find their place in the world now that they don't really have purpose they're immortal so like time's not really an issue right and he went out and found a husband and a child and this was after he had already
1: given up on humanity because we get a flashback to right after was it hiroshima yeah,
0: like, yeah he helped like create like the the atomic, uh, atomic bomb, bomb and
1: he's there like in the blast site and he's crying and saying that like these people don't deserve to be saved. He's he's so upset by this and this was one of the biggest tragedies in you know all of mankind. Yeah, all of World sure. War 2 really. For sure. And he's like at this point given up on humanity then come to present day he has a family. He has a husband that he loves and he has a child that he cares about very much. He has purpose again.
0: Yeah. But it's also, like, and, and some of them pointed at this is like, this is fleeting. Like, mortality is fleeting. Yeah. We've been alive for 7,000 years. Like, what does this mean to you? Like, they're going to be dead in 50 years. You know? Right. Then what? Do it again? Like, <laughs> I mean, for us, it's like, it would be like if you adopted, a, a like, a housefly and you got attached to it.
1: Yeah. And it's, like, it's so weird because it's, like, it's so nice to see him happy, even if it's in his lifespan only going to be for, like, basically a second. Yeah. Which also makes it sad. Absolutely, and then uh, we've got uh Druid and, and Is it Makari or Makarai? It's Makarai. Sorry, Makarai. They just have chemistry.
0: So fun <laughs> fact: that wasn't part of the script. Really, their, their romance. They wrote that in because the actors had good chemistry.
1: Because like when they first see each other again after a long time, the first thing they do is they just they hug, they touch foreheads, and like Druid just looks so happy to see her. Yeah, and he was previously just this angry, angry little fuck.
0: <laughs> yeah he's definitely like the anger <laughs> if he's a, like a deadly son, but by the end of the
1: movie he grew on me i ended up actually liking him quite a bit
0: i think he also kind of represents kind of that whole ethical debate of yeah. like what amount of interference in human life is okay yeah. because he, he's the one that he can control minds right
1: and he was like he's like i can stop war right now yeah.
0: <laughs> but you're also not letting them learn correct and obviously the celestials want that to happen because at at one point someone says this war creates more population
1: more population and a um (laughs) boost in technology technology.
0: yeah so war is good for them they want wars to happen
1: but they personally don't and that's why they're so conflicted about it like
0: right the eternals
1: don't the eternals don't because
0: they're good people right it's uh, it's it's a good movie (laughs) listen there's a lot of nuance in this movie that's the thing people don't want nuance they want explosions (laughs) (laughs)
1: <laughs> but yeah, like the relationships between the characters I really like. Even Cersei and Dane. They have like kind of like a just I mean, a maybe. standard boyfriend-girlfriend yeah. thing going. But like
0: it feels real. Okay. Like
1: she's like trying to FaceTime him and stuff while they're on their trip, you know?
0: Yeah, that was pretty fun. <laughs> <laughs> and all the, the other ones are like, why are you even using a phone? Like we're so far more advanced than that. <laughs> and then she shows Icarus like a
1: Snapchat filter and he's like,
0: oh... <laughs> The post credit scenes. You want to get into that? Yeah,
1: we'll I didn't really, I didn't
0: really look too much into these characters, but there is something really exciting about this. It almost feels like a Phase One movie where there's like a Marvel reference, and I'm like, oh, like what is this? Like I don't know, you know, like who are these characters? <laughs> and a lot of these post credit scenes for a lot of this other MCU stuff, it's been with established characters, so it's just kind of like their post credits are like, oh, cool, where did their stories go next? Whereas this is more like. Who is this? Like, what is yeah, this new like thing? Everything here is like new. Yeah. And that's, I think that's the, the most exciting part. We, like, We
1: don't see any characters from another MCU yeah, movie. Yeah, Bravo. It was,
0: thank God. They're referenced, but we yeah. don't see them. Yeah. Who needs it? Like, it might've been fun, but like for a minute, but like you didn't, you didn't need it. They didn't have a place in it. No. Maybe in a post-credit scene. Maybe. So like uh, at one point when they're on the dinner table, Kingo mentions that like he played with Thor when he was a kid. Yeah. You used to follow him around, <laughs> and I'm like, that would have been really fun to watch because Thor's like 5,000 years old or something, anyway. Yeah, so like, there's some overlap there because they got here like 7,000 years ago. That would that have been really fun in like a you know, like a post credits or like a, or whatever. But first post credit scene, if I remember correctly, is Eros, right? Yes, played by what's his name, Harry Styles. So, like, if and the you, crowd went wild, yeah. And I knew he was in this movie, but if you put Harry Styles in a lineup with five other guys, I would not be able to point him no, out. And I it's just like don't The only know other him movie I could well. think of that
1: he was in was Dunkirk. Oh, he was. Yeah, one of the, one of the guys. In oh, it.
0: I didn't know he did that much acting. I don't think he
1: does much acting, but like he has been in other movies. Gotcha.
0: Yeah, but we were sitting next to some girls who just went f- fucking nuts.
1: They also went nuts every time there was anything remotely romantic going on in the movie. Oh
0: God. <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah, sex scene.
1: Oh, yeah, there's a sex
0: scene. Cool. Marvel's first sex scene. I, Iron Man 1 had one, though. No. Yeah, they he's had, they banging had, that reporter. Yeah, no, no. They woke up next to each other after the fact. And you can deduce that they had sex.
1: I think you see some you of it. They make noise,
0: at least. Oh, I remember watch. Tony start going like, ah, ha, ha. yeah, but they're, they're not. No, they're not having sex though. They're just like in bed, and then it, like messing around. Yeah, just messing around, making out, and it cuts to them the next morning. This is like actual assume. sex. Oh yeah, there's there was like thrusting, like, w-
1: removal of clothing. <laughs> yeah, um, talking
0: about. Oh yeah, Harry Styles. Yeah, cool. Whatever. He's gonna be in a movie. He's Eros, the brother of Aros, Thanos,
1: brother of Thanos, also known as Star Fox. Star Fox.
0: Not the Nintendo character. <laughs> to a barrel. <laughs> <laughs> That's Peppy that says that. <laughs> well, in this, Pip would have said it. Pip is, is it Pit? Pip? Pip. Was it Pip? I think it's Pip. The leprechaun looking the guy, little, guy? yeah, yeah. Played by. um Pat Oswald? Pat Oswald, yeah. Who
1: also plays Agent Koenig in Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. Yeah,
0: but none of that matters, Bert. <laughs> it matters. <laughs> He's also. Oh, fuck. What's that show called? Oh, Modoc. Modoc. Thank you. I haven't seen that show yet. It's pretty funny he's Modoc. is we, that show
1: mcu canon
0: no <laughs> but it is marvel and, it, and it's a fun kind of It's like an thing. adult like animation right yeah okay. yeah it's like um it's the same style as uh harley quinn no no it's the same style as oh. like uh <laughs> fuck what's that what seth Green. no seth green robot show. chicken robot chicken yeah oh, is
1: it like a bunch of shorts
0: it's not shorts but it's that animation style. oh oh okay it's okay. like uh like stop motion stop motion with like figures and things like that yeah yeah. not
1: claymation but just stop motion. yeah Yeah. but it's good okay i mean i'll have to it's hulu right yep i'll have to check that out
0: anyway arrows cool it's more shit um i didn't really i I mean i looked up a little bit about who he is because i wasn't too familiar but he's another eternal he's another eternal cosmic
1: yeah character and
0: apparently so was thanos thanos was also an eternal
1: Sort of, halfway. Yeah, but he had a little bit of deviant in him. Yeah.
0: So that's why I'm saying I want to see maybe a little bit more prequel. I want to know what Thanos was like as a kid. Yeah, I want to see a little bit of, and I hope with this Arrow stuff, we get a little bit more of that because he's even introduced as like brother of Thanos. Yeah. Apparently going to be important going forward, it seems. Yeah, so I want some flashback juices. I want some Thanos (laughs) background. Like that'd be really interesting. And in a fun way to kind of tie all this together. Yeah. You know?
1: And we have uh, our second credit scene.
0: Your boy, Dane. He's...
1: My boy, Dane. Dane Whitman.
0: I just... Here's the thing. He's, like, supposed to be the regular guy, so I was just hoping he'd just be a regular guy, and at the end, he's like, actually, he's a superhero, too. (laughs) Sort of. He's got the sword. Yeah, Dane Whitman is...
1: The Black Knight. The Black Knight in the Marvel Comics. Apparently, at some point, not Dane, but, like, the Black Knight before him... Which I think was like his uncle. I think it was his his uncle. Which uh... his uncle's actually mentioned in the movie. Oh, really? Yeah. When uh, Cersei's FaceTiming him because the world's about to end, she's like, Oh, you know, you always said you wanted to make amends with your uncle. Now is the time to do that. Oh. But apparently his uncle fought Iron Man at some point. Maybe not in the MCU, but in the comics. I don't know if that lines up, but maybe. But he's the Black Knight who is more of like a supernatural type character. Mm -hmm. So it kind of falls in line with like
0: Blade, Ghost Rider. The Ebony Blade has like souls of people. Yeah.
1: Kind of like Katana. Kind of like Katana, yeah.
0: This is Katana. (laughs) She's got my back. (laughs)
1: Anyway. But uh, we do hear a voice at the end of the movie as Dane's about to grab the sword because he's like conflicted about like picking it up. The voice just says like, are you sure about that, Mr. Whitman? And we don't know who that voice is, but a lot of people think it's we, Blade.
0: We do know it. The director said it's Mahershala Ali. It is. Yep.
1: Okay, so Blade is in the MCU now.
0: Yeah, yeah. That that was 100% <laughs> Blade, Mahershala Ali. Okay. Although it kind of sounded like also um, Jeffrey Jeffrey Wright. I was like, is the Watcher getting involved again? <laughs> How
1: easily he gets involved now. <laughs> so it was uh, it was Cottonmouth from Luke Cage.
0: Correct. Yeah. One of those. <laughs> also, there are
1: three people in this movie that have other roles in the MCU or MCU adjacent. We have Blade slash Cottonmouth.
0: Blade, Cersei.
1: Yeah. Cersei was in, was in Captain Marvel yeah. as Minerva. But
0: she, but she was all blue and shit. Yeah, so she was a Cree. It's easy to like, I didn't recognize her at all.
1: No. And Pat Oswald, Oswald is yeah. an agent of S.H.I.E.L.D.
0: Yeah, but it doesn't count.
1: <laughs> it also doesn't really conflict with anything though, because this is a CG character. <laughs> yeah, the only one that would be like, "Hey," would be probably Blade. Like, didn't I see you get killed in Luke Cage? Yeah, he was a good villain though. He was way better than Diamondback. Yeah, agreed. The show, like the sh- the show, of like, lost me after like they killed. Plummeted him him after yeah. they killed him off.
0: And what are the odds are both things them after snakes too? <laughs> Yeah, what the fuck? Because they're like they didn't know each other. It's not like they were in a gang together. No, it was just a coincidence.
1: But yeah, that was a good show up until that point.
0: Mm -hmm. Cool. Well, anyway, let's wrap this up. Overall, really good. I said it. Talk about those. Oh yeah, there was. (laughs) They also made reference to Batman and Superman in this, like
1: directly.
0: Yeah. So this is kind of the first. So DC Comics exists
1: in the MCU.
0: It does now. Also, both. Comic universes exist in each other's comics.
1: Those universes have also crossed over before. They have
0: crossed over a couple times. They've done intercompany crossovers yeah. for it just was called like...
1: like amalgam comics.
0: Yep. Yeah. 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 In DC Comics, they make references to Marvel Comics sometimes, like as comics. I think I've read Marvel yeah.
1: comics that make references to DC Comics. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, it's funny how that works.
0: Yeah. 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 <laughs> I feel like it's just a very cute kind of like, hey, I see you. you yeah. Know? It was almost kind of fun that like there was almost just as much DC referencing as there was Marvel referencing. Yeah, because we got two, maybe three DC references. Because I think they say Superman like twice. Yeah, Batman, and then they obviously they mention Alfred. <laughs> um, yeah, really, we heard Thanos once and Doctor Strange once, and that's kind of it. So I'm like, and
1: Dane Whitman really wants to get turned into a giraffe.
0: Yeah, 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 yeah. but. Uh, <laughs> Again, like if you told me, if I didn't know what this was and you're like, oh, this this is in the DC universe. I'm like, yeah, hey, it looks like a, it could a DC be. movie. So <laughs> sure. Yeah. So yeah. I mean, that's
1: that might be it for our spoilers.
0: Yeah. Again, really good movie. It is definitely a formula breaker for Marvel. And I think that's the main reason some people didn't like it. But I think it's hard to, at least for me and, and people I've talked to, it's hard to, to not like this. Yeah. It's I a, love this. Yeah. It's a little bit longer. It's a little bit slower paced. Mm-hmm. It's mostly a character movie, but that's good, too. Like, we can do different things also, you know? Yeah. The Marvel Universe doesn't all have to be the same kind of movie, in and out. Mm-hmm. So, And I guess my final
1: thoughts are, great movie. I think you should definitely watch this. I didn't mention before, uh, the action in this movie is great.
0: Yeah, agreed. I agreed. And really, I really yeah. like,
1: and this doesn't just pertain to the action, but the way each character uses their powers, they use their powers in so many different unique ways. Yeah. And that's something that I also really liked about this movie. Like, they weren't afraid to think outside of the box with some of the stuff that they have these characters do.
0: Yeah. Well, it's like kind of like, with Cersei, I was kind of like, what's she going to do in a fight? And then I see it, I'm like, oh, that was pretty good. Yeah. Good for and you. And then um,
1: <laughs> seeing the speedster move looked really cool, actually. Yeah. So, yeah, stuff like that was just really good. My only complaint with this movie, I think, was, um, one, we had that deviant that it seemed like they were going to go somewhere with him, but they didn't. And Uh, there are times... That was Bill Skarsgård? Yeah. Okay. the deviant? Pennywise. Yeah. And my other complaint would be, like, there were parts in this movie where it did feel like they were trying to put too much in. With as long as this movie was, it also felt like it wasn't long enough, you know?
0: Well, I think, and I can't believe I forgot to mention this, but I was worried that how are you going to do ten characters justice, and I thought they did it very well.
1: They did it very well, but it still left me, like, wanting a little more. Okay. Because a couple of the characters were, like, just kind of glazed over a little bit. I think Makarai was Macari, the one that, yeah. And I do wish we saw a little bit more of, like, um, like Sprite had, like, her own little arc, but I wanted to see more of that conflict with her. Okay oh and we did see after the credits it said the Eternals will return
0: yeah I think it's. I mean naturally it's going to be an Eternals 2 today on Twitter Galactus was trending trending which happens all the time (laughs) well it doesn't mean mean anything but people most people were saying like introducing Galactus in an Eternal sequel would be really great yeah Um, and
1: also the way they had the Celestial show up at Earth at the end there looked very much like how they would do Galactus
0: yeah that'd be really fun and it was
1: threatening as fuck looking
0: I like how you just kind of, like, plucked them all up. Like, yeah. he's obviously the most powerful thing ever, so, like, why fuck with him? But, and everybody
1: saw him, too. They were like, yeah. what the hell was that?
0: <laughs> that was fun. I'm glad London didn't get fucked. Because when they showed London again, I'm like, man, London London gets fucked almost as much as New York in the Marvel Universe. The Dark World? <laughs> yeah, and Spider-Man. Spide- oh, yeah. And I was like, oh, fuck, we're back in London. There was only a small fight with the Deviant, and that was it. So... This has been our review for The Eternals. We do this pretty much every time there's a new movie coming out. Our next one will be uh, Spider-Man. But yeah, guys, thank you for listening. Thank you for for subscribing to your podcast app. Thank you to That Piano Dude for our musical intro. Guys, make sure you leave a rating and review on Apple Podcasts or uh, YouTube or anywhere else that allows you to leave ratings or reviews. That being said, all these episodes are available on YouTube just as podcast if that's how you like to get your podcast like to throw up a chrome tab while you're working from home or whatever
1: yeah you can do that throw it on your tv
0: yeah sure you can find us on instagram at films from the phantom zone and you can find us on twitter at films from pz if you like to argue with us uh we're also on tiktok and yeah that's it <laughs> at films from are, PZ. are we on another platform? i had to think for a second there's just too many things um but please tell a friend <laughs> and if you've told a friend thank you so much for telling a friend great way to spread the joy spread me and Berto around a little bit yes <laughs> oh yeah all these episodes are streamed live if you want to hang out with us if you want to be a part of the show we are on Twitch right now Yeah. If you <laughs> want to play pranks on us oh yeah we're cutting <laughs> that bullshit out <laughs> um, we got a pranked. pranked. that's on twitch.tv slash rooms from PZ and we stream these episodes when we record them most Monday nights so we've taken some Mondays off one time we had to do a Sunday. For the yeah. most part, Mondays around 9 p.m. Yeah. Eastern time, we're here. So come join us, hang out, talk to us in the chat, be a part of the show. It's super fun. That's it from me. That's it from Birdo. Yeah, that's it from me, too. I don't. Cool. I got nothing. And we will see you with our next episode, <laughs> our regularly scheduled episode, and then when we review Spider-Man No Way Home. Do you like that poster? I don't like that poster.
1: It, it looks kind of Fan arty. It
0: looks very fan arty, very Photoshoppy. Don't like it. I get what they're doing. I get it.
1: <laughs> I get it too. It's but... it's definitely a fan servicey poster. Oh yeah. Intentionally. Okay. Yeah. Alright. Anyway. All right. Bye. Bye. <laughs>